Hi friends, welcome or welcome back to Mental Unstable, my safe little place on the internet where I'm able to be authentically me. I'm so happy to be here talking to you guys. We are on a roll. We have another non-solo episode right here. Today we have a pretty special guest to talk with me and you guys. Hi Melina, so nice to have you here. Hi Laura, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Thank you so much for accepting it. So please introduce yourself a little bit as a person and a little bit about your podcast. For sure. Hey everyone, my name's Melina. I'm the host of Life's an Adventure podcast. I have been doing my podcast for almost a year. It'll be a year this upcoming July. And I'm actually going to be a sophomore in college. I just finished my freshman year completely online, as many of you guys had your uh, school year online as well. But on my podcast, I like to talk about both college and lifestyle topics. I can kind of say that I've been documenting my entire first year of college through my podcast while also talking about different topics along with it besides my personal experience too. So really, I talk about a different topic every single week. I publish episodes every single Friday. But other than the podcast, I love reading. I love listening to music. I love spending time with my family, but really like my main passion right now is my podcast and I love it so much. Oh, I love this. You're mentioning music. So every episode I start with like a highlight, a low light and a song of my week. Can you think a song of your week can be like an all time favorite or a most listened one this week or anytime you want? Oh, that's hard. Uh... There's not one specific song, but ever since Olivia Rodrigo's new album came out, it's been blowing up all over TikTok. And like, I'm addicted to TikTok. So I've been seeing it all over my For You page. So I would have to say like her album is pretty big, like, and everybody's loving it too. I haven't listened to all the songs on the album yet, but I can't pick a favorite. So right, but right now that's like the new album I'm listening to. Yes, this is also my answer. Like every single day I take a little time to her to hear all of the songs so it's mm -hmm. pretty much it she's a queen she's all over everywhere <laughs> yes she's blowing up like honestly she's like really good and oh my gosh and she's so young too like oh my god yeah she's our age she's so talented she mm -hmm. turned 18. yes so before we just start let's just make a mental health check how are you I'm actually doing really good. Ever since I finished school, I finished last week, I have like seen a completely different like mood change, uh, especially with being done with school because like of all like the stress and just like feeling burnt out with like doing online school as well. So I definitely feel like a lot happier and just kind of like just a lot more free since it is summer vacation for me, just being able to like completely focus on the podcast this summer, which makes me really excited. So right now I'm just feeling really happy. Let's just get into it. Guys, every single question we have here is anonymous. We will not say the name of who sent it. Melina doesn't know the questions I have and I don't know the ones she, she got. So this will be interesting. I hope you'll enjoy it. Melina, you are the guest. So do you like to start with your questions? We should do like one for each other or all yours and then all mine. Um, we could rotate back and forth. So okay. we could switch off. I give you the lead. <laughs> okay. 
So the first response that I got, it says, when do you think it's suitable to start thinking about marriage or other serious steps in a relationship? Like, do you want to start or yes, can I start? I can, I can say what I think. It's weird. I find weird, I put it like that, to an 18, 19, 20 girl or boy to think about marriage. Because just for me, it's like you're just starting your life. But it's in cases like I've seen people, they are middle school sweethearts and they know each other and are together since middle school so so it makes sense to them to get married like earlier because they are already together so my opinion i would start thinking about marriage like 24 25 like the more close in the 30 possible but i can say for everyone there is cases and cases but <laughs> yes i think it, that is it what do you think about it no yeah i agree with you and i feel like it it really depends on the person honestly like when i when i got this response like i didn't know like what to what to think or like even like how to respond to this just because for me personally i have never like had any experience of being in a relationship so even just the thought of marriage is just pretty far-fetched and just like very distant in the future for me personally but i would say like for sure it depends on your age and i think it depends on how long you've been with the person like you were saying depending like oh if you have been together since middle school since high school and you guys are already older now you you have gotten to know the person and you know that that's like the person you want to be with you know for the rest of your life and i think like you know it's actually a very wonderful thing to think about marriage that's something that like you know sometimes i think about like i know that in the future i do want to be married but for me personally i won't start thinking about marriage until like my like early mid 20s because like i you know i hope to be like stable in my career and just like you know just living my life and then eventually you know hopefully i do get married so yes i fully agree with you so my first question i received is like how to help anxiety in a way that's not yoga not a yoga fan in parenthesis you want to start or do i um i could start i completely get this person just because I personally have never done yoga before. I know that there's people who have done yoga. I've heard like a lot of positive feedback from doing yoga, but I know like yoga isn't for everybody. And I've personally never tried it. I've never been one to particularly be interested in yoga, but like I would never just completely turn it away. But other ways to kind of navigate anxiety besides yoga, I would say I did talk about it a little bit in my most recent podcast episode, I talked about stress and stress can be connected to anxiety. Um, but that was like majority of what I talked about. And th the biggest thing I said was to try and prioritize things that make you happy. And I know that those things will be different for everybody. And some of the examples that I gave, is, you know, trying to make time to read and, you know, stay off of my phone. Uh, just because like I have a really big problem with that or you know listening to other people's podcasts which I you know enjoy um, you know just spending time with my family and being in the present having conversations with them you know catching up you know on each other's day or like just doing something for myself like watching YouTube or Netflix so I 
highly recommend to prioritize doing things that make you happy, whatever things that bring you joy. Other than that, I would say to kind of, if you find yourself in like a really like, um, depending on your situation, depending on the scenario, if you find yourself like feeling really anxious or just like in a high pressure situation like that, I would say to kind of like step away and like take a break, take some deep breaths and just kind of like reset yourself almost. I know it's easier said than done, but I know that it's happened to me before in situations, especially with school, uh, just because that's how it is for me. Um, but it's really helped me to like, kind of like take some deep breaths and just kind of like, like think to myself, like, you know, it's going to be okay. And just continuously remind myself of that. Yeah, I fully agree. Like, when I read this, I, I thought about yoga. I did yoga once. Not my thing. Like everyone say like it helps anxiety. But when I'm doing yoga, I'm thinking and stressing about my muscles hurting or being in the right position. The best part of yoga is the end when you meditate. The best part. Mm. So not a yoga fan night either so when i read this question i was like i cannot give advice on this because my way to like help my anxiety is literally run away from my home so not a very good advice i think but i go to my grandma's house it's close to my home and i feel like calm relaxed so i think if you got anxiety you should leave the place that you are and go to somewhere you feel happy or you feel calm. Like, just change your scenario. I also love to journal. When I feel anxious or happy or any feeling at all, I love to do entries, like diary entries, and helps me to like put all of my anger and my anxiety and my feelings on a paper so helps a lot with my anxiety and also being with my friends right now i can because of covid but i found that when i'm with other people i don't have time to think of what is stressing me out like i have a lot of anxiety about the future and like i will be a failure or what if i don't do nothing with my life and all this kind of stuff and when I think that that way I try to surround myself with people because we'll not like talk about this subject so I will stop thinking about it and stressing about it about it and then I will just be like more calm and stuff no yeah I agree I feel like just like the things that you were mentioning and like um like you said, like you find that your um, safe space almost is going to your grandma's house. And I feel like that's a good thing to uh, take note of also, because, you know, depending on your personal situation, if you find that your anxiety is really like um, really high or just, you know, majority of your anxiety is coming from home, I think, you know, just kind of like think about like where it is your anxiety stems from and just kind of like how you want to deal with it how you want to take action upon it i mean like i'm not saying in any way just to run away from home for no reason um but you know just kind of like take note of that and just be like well you know what can i do to kind of you know 
lower my anxiety, get rid of it, and just like, you know, just detach myself from the situation, like in general. So yeah, I, I agree with that also. Okay, the next question is handling stress in school. So do you want to go first? Okay. Oh my God. So I always were like perfectionist. I always like, I need to get this perfect grade and all of it. But when COVID came, I needed to do like for my, literally my mental health. I needed to be like, I need this exam or this project to be sent like the best way possible it can be. But like, it's better to be sent than not done at all. I stress so much about school, like all of the things that I need to do, then I don't do any of it because I'm so stressed out about everything to be perfect and stuff. I found I deal with stress in school. It's like I take a day for myself to don't do any school more than I I watch my classes, but then I don't do any more effort than just watching my class, like homework or assignments or anything like that. I just like read a book or watch a movie or binge a TV series in this one day. Any day it can be Sunday or it can be like a Tuesday. I just choose one day for me to like take care of me and I don't do school that day. It can really stress out. I'm str I'm struggling to with stress in school also. So this advice is also for me. But this is my best way I can deal with stress. Yes, just take a day for me and like a mental health day once a week. No, that's that's a really good idea and that's some good advice. I know like I can relate also to like, you know, just dealing with stress in school. Um, I've like always dealt with stress. I feel like no matter like ever since I can remember, like from even early on in middle school, like I just remember like putting so much stress on myself just because I know that, you know, one, I also struggle with, you know, being a perfectionist and like number two, I always put so much pressure on myself and I always put such high expectations on myself. And that's just like a, like I consider it a personality trait of mine at this point. Like nobody else was doing, doing it for me. And it was just me, you know, just wanting to do the best job I possibly could. And it's like, as I've gotten older and even going through this year of being, you know, fully online with COVID, like I realized how much stress has taken a toll on me just because I've been at home this entire time and like the experience has been completely different than if it was pre-COVID. So one of the things that I have tried to incorporate this past year that like I never like truly prioritized before, like even throughout high school, is taking more breaks. And I remember like even all throughout high school, I would be working on schoolwork every single day, even on the weekends and for hours too. And there was times where like I I was so stubborn that, you know, I wasn't done with a specific assignment that I would put off taking a break or put off being done with, done for the day until I was done with that assignment, no matter how long it took me. And it's something I still struggle with, but I realized how much of a difference it makes even now because I've 
you know, implemented it into my life. And it doesn't even have to be like very like elaborate, like in terms of breaks, it could just be like a five minute break from your assignment or after you finish with one of your Zoom meetings, or it could be a half hour break and you go to eat something because I know there was times also where I was just so stressed and just like so in my head that I was just working, working, working. Sometimes I would put off eating until much later in the day. And it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't a good thing for me. So I do recommend if you find, you know, you're in a similar situation, try to incorporate taking more breaks and just more breaks in your day as well. And I feel like it just increases your productivity also because you're able to come back like almost like with a, you know, clear mind as well and just ready to work again. So right now I have the story question that I told you about. Okay. So next one is, I've been working with a girl and I wanted her to be hired somewhere and I feel bad because I recommend her and she's not taking the steps to get it. I am afraid she will make me look bad. What do I do? So if I understood it correctly, the the girls helping someone else get hired, is that what it means? Yes, I think it's like a mentor thing, like she's trying to help someone to get a job, but this person isn't like making the steps to get this job. So she is oh, like putting in the effort. Yes, and she is afraid that this girl will make her look bad because she's recommending this girl. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I see it now. This is complicated okay. and I need to think about it. It's a it's a difficult one just because like I haven't had like I couldn't personally relate to this experience, but I know like of some similar experience to this where you're kind of like putting in that extra effort and even like the way that she's describing it if she's recommending um this person for this particular job you know you kind of are like kind of putting yourself in this position like that you're being trusted you know like that whoever your boss or your manager that you um that you work for is like you're telling them like oh i you know i i hope you trust me and that I recommend you to hire this person because they have the certain qualifications, they would be good for this job. And so I do think it's a risk whenever you try to recommend someone, even if it's like your your best friend, it's, you know, family member, you know, you have a personal connection with them. But the way that she's saying that the other person is not putting in the amount of effort to want to get the job. It, it's difficult. Like when you are, when you want, want to do something for someone, I know that it's happened to me before too, where you kind of, you're trying to be like the kind person here and just do the right thing and do a good thing for them. But you see that they're not really reciprocating the same energy. At the end of the day, I feel like you can't force someone to do something either. Like, I mean, you know, there's a difference between saying you want the job in this situation, but then actually going to get the job is completely different. And if you see that the other person doesn't want the job as much as they say they do, you can't really force them to do it. I mean, you know, she did her part of recommending her and that's really all, all you can do because then after that, it's up to her to take the necessary steps and for the boss or the manager to go through with hiring her. But like, for me, my understanding is like, if you are recommending this person you trust this person 
what I would do is like communication is key in everything. So I will literally like talk to her like so I recommend you because I trust you. I trust your effort and I trust your qualifications, but you are not 100% getting there. So how can we like solve this or anything like that? Like just a talk, because if you are recommending this person, you have some trust in them, in theirs, them. Yeah, sorry, my English. <laughs> oh, I think it's the best way is just to talk with this person because it's the only thing you can do. You already recommended her. So you just talk like, don't make it about you. Like, you will make me look bad. Like, mm -hmm. make it about her or him, I don't know, like, you are not giving your 100%. I know you can do better and you are not taking the steps to do it. So let's just make a plan and to get you hired. So that is the, like the best thing you can do because there's nothing else you can do. This is a very tricky one. Yeah, it is. And like what you're saying that like communication and good communication, like I feel like even after that, like if you see that nothing else is like really moving forward or progressing, like really like at that point, it's out of your control. And then it's like, you know, I'm one to like really overthink things sometimes or just stress myself out over little situations. And I just like would advise like not to stress yourself out too much over this particular situation. If you find that you're kind of going in circles and nothing's really like moving forward. Um, but yeah, okay. So the next one says, what is the best way to check on my friend with mental health issues? I like to check in on her, but I watch what I say because I don't know what will trigger her versus what will make her feel better. <laughs> okay, this is a very hard situation. This is subjective to each person. Like everyone has their own ways to coping with each feeling. I will say like, just make sure your friend know you're there like if he if they need you you are there like how are you doing i hope you're doing fine if you need anything i'm here by your side like don't say anything specific because you don't know what what will trigger this person don't expect them to explain to you what they are feeling but just be there I think it's the best way because everyone is different. So, yes. No, yes, I definitely agree with that. I feel like it's been kind of difficult just because like from my personal experience, just with COVID and getting sent home from school and like kind of being separated from my, my friends and just leaving that form of communication, just being like through the phone, whether it's text or calling or something and just not being able to see them every single day at school was really difficult for me and my friends. But I think just the fact that this person wants to check in on their friend and like has that in mind that, you know, just shows like how good of a friend they are, you know? And I think that's really important. Just the fact that she 
wants to make the effort, he or she, sorry, that they want to make the effort to want to check in on their friends because they know that they have been struggling with their mental health or whatever the case may be. But I think the most important thing, like what you're saying, is to communicate to them, like making sure that they know that you're there and that, you know, you're not going away, whether it's like by texting them on like a weekly basis or maybe calling them on the phone, FaceTiming, whatever you would like to do. I think just kind of being consistent also and like asking them. You don't have to ask them personally, like what's wrong. Like if you see that there's something wrong, but like asking the question, like, how are you doing really? You know, and it's like, it's up to them if they want to communicate what they're feeling or like if they want to talk to you about it. And I think the biggest thing is like, if you find that they're struggling to open up a little bit or you find that they want to open up to you about how they're feeling, but they're kind of like very hesitant about it or just like kind of unsure. I would just kind of like reassure to them, be like, you know, like you don't have to tell me, but I'm here to listen. And I think that's a big thing too. not only just being able to like talk or like give advice on what they're going through, because you don't know what everybody's going through. But I think just being a good listener, I think is just as important as, you know, having a conversation and just like them knowing that you're there to listen and you're just there to like take in whatever they're feeling is like a really good form of communication, I would say. And I think it would help, you know, someone to open up a little bit too, knowing that that other person is there just to like give their full attention to you and just like, you know, they're genuinely there in the moment. So I would say that, yeah. So I have one that it's also difficult to answer. It's like, like how can you stay strong with a divorced family. I don't have experience on that, so for me it's a little difficult to give advice on it. So how about you? Uh, the same thing. It's difficult for me too, just because the question is very general, but also um, I don't have experience. I'm very fortunate enough to have both of my parents um, in my life um, still. And, you know, just like looking at their relationship and just seeing how, you know, they raised me and my brother too. Like, I'm just very fortunate to have uh, just a very good household and just be surrounded by loving family. So I can't necessarily give anything or any experience just because I, I don't know. Like, I can't assume someone's experience. You know, I've heard um, people's experience of having div divorced parents or just like, you know, kind of going back and forth between mom and dad or even, you know, step parents also. So it's a lot of things that go into that. And everybody's situation is different. So I can't necessarily give advice. Everything we can say, it's very hard, especially because it's easy to say, but it's hard to do it when you are in that situation. Like the first thing I would do if my parents divorce, it will be like, trying to understand that the fault isn't mine because isn't my, my relationship to altogether. It's another people like my dad and my mom. So I will try to understand that not, it's not my fault. Maybe they fall out of love. Maybe they are better separate. Like they are really the happiest they can be apart i don't know so it's very difficult to give advice on this 
I think just make sure to know that it isn't your fault is the first thing you should do. And then like you have to live your days day by day and try to like adapt to the situation, I think. No, yes, I agree with that. Uh, I hear that all the time, just the fact that like when, you know, parents do separate or get a divorce, that it shouldn't be the child's fault or the children's fault just because, you know, the the reason for the divorce or the separation is between the two people. It's between the couple, not between the children. So, I mean, you know, I don't know, but I don't think it should be the, the child's fault. So, yeah, I would say to kind of like it, it'll it'll be easy to think or say that it is your fault just because like you were so used to seeing your parents like together all the time and you know just the whole family together but yeah like what you said trying to understand that it isn't your fault and I think you know we've mentioned communication already in other questions but for real that like communication is key and just like talking with your parents throughout the entire process like making sure that they know how you're feeling and just them knowing that like you know how it's going to be from now on how the situation is going to be like um you know what the scenario will be with separated parents um going to each other's uh parents houses you know maybe potentially in the future step parents and just constantly communicating i'd say that is the most important part just so that your parents know how you're feeling about it so the last response that I got is how to stop procrastinating. <laughs> I really need this answer too. <laughs> I do have my answer like in theory, but in, in, in practice, I cannot do it. So I, I'm seeking your answer. So I have already an episode that I talked a little bit about it, about like how to be productive when you don't want to be productive. And I talked a little bit about how I deal with procrastination. I love to procrastinate, really. I need to do like an essay every single week and sending like Friday night. And then every time I sit down to do this assignment, I do everything possible, but the essay. I could literally write a book with the things that I write, there isn't the essay. I, I just procrastinate a lot. But what I do is like, I try to guilt myself. Like I watch Marie Kondo or like videos on YouTube, like getting my shit together or cleaning my room at 2 a.m. or cleaning my closet. And I saw like this, literally the closet one i saw this like big closet with like four five six doors with piles and piles and piles of clothes all over the floor and they take everything out of the closet and put back together and i'm like well they are doing like so much and i'm here laying down doing nothing and like if they can do this thing and conquer this closet there is such a mess. I can do this X task. So I try to guilt myself. I watch YouTube videos of people being productive and getting their life together. 
so I feel guilty about not doing anything and I start doing things for not feeling so guilty of doing nothing. And this is my best procrastination tip because I found myself doing much more stuff because I don't want to be like a couch potato. I'm also guilty of like, <laughs> just, just really like, I don't know, just like talking bad to myself a lot of times of just like, oh, like I'm not doing anything. I'm just laying on my bed doing nothing, watching TV or something when I have other things to do. So I am guilty of that also. But I don't know, it's hard just because I feel like over the years, my procrastination has actually gotten worse. Like it's, it, like it's something, it's hard for me to admit, but I feel like it's definitely gotten worse ever since like, even just like later years of high school and like now, especially with online school, it's just so different. But I don't know, it's hard just because I think of myself as a very like motivated person. Like I have goals in mind that I, you know, things I want to accomplish, but it's just the fact of, you know, actually getting those things done or finishing those things also, which is very difficult. So in terms of procrastination, I'll give the example of school just because that's where I seem to procrastinate the most. Just because sometimes I really don't like school. Like in general, I do love school. I love learning, but a lot of the times I don't like it or the assignments I have to do or the project or whatever. So I think for me, what helps me the most because I find that my procrastination stems from not knowing what to do first. Like there's a lot of things that have to get done. And it's like, I see like just in my calendar or, you know, just on my computer, just seeing all the homework assignments I have to do, the essay I have to write, the exam I have to study for. I think what helps me the most is getting organized in terms of writing things down on a piece of paper and writing the order of things like in terms of importance. I like to do my well I you know I do to to do lists but you could just do it like a general list um of first I list the things that are most important to least important in terms of deadlines just because those things have to get done first and I find that that's what helps me the most of writing things down knowing that I have to get them done and I find satisfaction in after when I'm completely done with it and crossing it out or highlighting it or something so I think there's different ways of getting organized. People, you know, have different systems. They think differently. For me, it really helps me to write things down. I'm more of just like the traditional writing things down on a piece of paper. I know a lot of people like to do things on devices, iPads, laptops. So whatever way you want to organize, me, organization is key. I love organizing. It's very therapeutic for me. And I just find that it's helped me the most. So that that would be my tip. <laughs> yes, I agree. Like about the to-do list, I saw people on the internet saying that the first topic they put on the their to-do list is like making a to-do list or something like this because they can check out immediately and they like, oh, I, I already accomplished one thing in this list so they feel better to make the rest but i loved your your tip i love to organize too so i have a question 
it is how can I build habits? That's a good question, honestly. I'm I would say I'm still struggling right now to like just kind of build good habits, I would say, like ever since I got out of school. During the school year, I find that during those months of August to like uh late May, early June, like my entire mind is focused on school 24/7, and I find it very difficult for me to stick to like a a specific routine or be consistent with a specific routine, a schedule, just because my mind is completely focused on school, like 24-7, 365. So in terms of building habits right now, presently, I think it's kind of, it's hard for me to explain just because it depends, like it depends on the person. I, I'm speaking from personal experience, like some habits that I want to, I want to build this summer just because I have more time. And, you know, my mind is not focused on school as much anymore. I want to stick to like a morning routine or like do things in the morning that I know will be productive for me and help me get started with my day. So that's for me specifically. I want to wake up. I want to be able to wake up early. I want to be able to work out. I want to start journaling. I That's something I wanted to do in the beginning of 2021, I still haven't done it. And we're already in um, May, going into June. And I have not even touched the notebook that I bought for myself um, yet or written in it. And I think for me, the biggest thing is self-motivation. And that's something that I continuously remind myself of, knowing what the benefits are of the habits that I want to build and knowing that these are good habits that I'm going to implement into my life and what the positive effects of these good habits are. And I think the hardest thing is getting started. And after you get started, once you see like how good you feel after or like how it's kind of just having a positive effect on your life, it will want you to keep going with those habits. And it's hard it's been hard for me to stay consistent, honestly. Like I've tried and tried like again to stick to some type of morning routine or just stick to a general schedule throughout my day in order to be the most productive and get everything done and then be able to have the rest of my day to myself and just do whatever I wanted to do. And I find that after like the first two days, like I just completely wipe out that schedule and I just go back to what I was doing originally. So I think self-motivation and consistency is key to building good habits, depending on what habits you would like to incorporate and implement into your life. Hopefully that made sense. I kind of went on a tangent for a second. So yes, it, it made sense. Like <laughs> yes, I read about constancy. I read an article of people saying like For you to build a habit, you need to do for six, I think it's six, like six days front to back, like every single day for six days. And, and people say like, you should do like every single day until you, you get used to and then it becomes natural. For me, it's not like it. I like, I cannot like put an alarm to an time every day and like force myself into do a task if i need to build some habits in me 
I would try like once a week and then twice a week. I think it's the best way because you can you can't force yourself into doing something. Like the constancy, like Melina said, is the key. But you can be constant in one day to another. You cannot like wake up and like I will every day drink five bottles of water, read a book, journal, and do like face care, like skincare in myself. You cannot do this like from a day to another. So I think it's like just start small and then you keep going, keep going and then becomes a habit. Now, Luna, I have two questions that it's really like you are a great person to answer because you have a podcast for almost a year and you do school. So these next two questions are like perfect, suitable for you. Let's hear them. <laughs> I could really use some advice related to podcast growth. In terms of growing a podcast, it's funny how you're asking me this question and it's like, I haven't been doing my podcast for so long and I didn't think that I would be where I am right now with my podcast, with the growth that I've experienced only this year. It's like, it's still unbelievable to me that a lot of people are listening to my podcast and that I'm continuously growing. The one thing I've learned so far this year, because this is the year that I've experienced the most growth from my podcast, I think consistency, like we were talking about the last question. When I started off this year, I made a goal for myself when I relaunched my podcast with my new name and my purpose. I made a goal for myself to publish two episodes a week for an entire month. I think it was like a month and a half, actually, um, all of January and I think some of February also. And that was also the same time I started my semester. And it was very difficult for me to keep up with publishing twice a week because it was double the work. And I was also posting consistently on Instagram. But that's the month where I saw the most listens on my podcast. I saw the most interact uh, interaction and engagement on Instagram also, because it was you know, my first time creating, my second attempt at creating an Instagram account for my podcast when I failed the first time. So I think the big thing is consistency. And it going to take time because I didn't see it at first. I, it's not something that's going to happen overnight for sure. And it has been a work in progress and it's been a learning process for me overall. But I've noticed just within that one month of me putting that goal for myself to publish twice a week and seeing the effect or the effect, the effect that came out of it, the outcome that came out of putting in all of that work of recording, you know, every single week and making these Instagram posts and just kind of starting to build a community on Instagram. I am now looking back on it and seeing like how proud of myself I am for doing that and for doing that goal, kind of setting goals for yourself also to kind of give yourself that, you know, little bit of motivation to keep going and being consistent. Um, whatever your schedule is, I publish once a week right now. 
and I post about four times a week to Instagram and that's what works for me. It has to be realistic to you, not something just because you're seeing all of these other Instagram accounts um, or podcast accounts, you know, posting every single day to Instagram or posting twice a week to the podcast or even making reels because that's a big thing right now. And there's people who have TikTok accounts and it's like, don't try to overwork yourself as well. If you find that you're struggling with growth, like dedicate yourself to one specific um, thing at first. If you want to publish once a week and you haven't done it yet, then start with publishing once a week and see how you feel after that. If you find that you can handle more, then move on to social media promotion because that's a big thing that I didn't realize came with having a podcast. And it's something that I'm still learning about. And then if you find that you, you know, you're getting good engagement from the, from that and you want to branch out, then you can look at other social media platforms, continuously motivating yourself and knowing, you know, how you feel about your podcast, how passionate you are about it and seeing where you want to go from it, how you want to affect people, what your purpose is. And I think all of that will tie into podcast growth in the future. So I have to uh, give a lot of advice. I'm fairly new here. I'm doing podcast for two months now. So, but I picked up like one thing that for me worked is don't, please, please don't do follow for follow. Follow who you like and who inspire you. Because if you follow everyone and stuff just because they follow you back, your feed will be like, like a lot of posts of people that you don't even listen to the podcast or you don't even care. Like for me, I follow who inspires me and who I genuinely love to listen to the podcast or someone who has great energy and I like the personality of the, the person. So when they appear on my, on my Instagram, so they know like they know me or like they know that i always interact with them and then i talk to them whenever i can and make like real connection with them and then like future in the future they can be in my podcast like melina is right now or i can <laughs> their podcast they can recommend me for a friend or for their followers and then I grow like I grow in a very genuine way because it's not follow for follow. So this is what works for me. I don't have a lot of followers, but the ones I get and listen to my podcast, they are like listening every week. And whenever I post like new episode, they are like, you go girl, keep going and stuff. And it's better than like ghost followers. So yes, this is my best tip. And the last question is, I really need study tips and balancing time, like with school, work and podcasts. It's a good question also. This year has been different with doing school online. I did both semesters online. My first semester, I took four classes. This past semester, I took five. I decided to increase my workload and take five classes. Well, first, let me cover the study tips before I start, or start talking about balancing. The study tips, I think it was harder. It was harder to study 
like this year because everything was online. It's mer- it's very different than being in the classroom in person. Like there was times where I like I didn't feel like I needed to study. So like I do feel like I'm out of practice in terms of like studying and study tips for exams just because a lot of them were were open book and open note and it's like and they the professors were just a lot more lenient both semesters. So I you know it's hard for me to give study tips right now just because I've been out of in-person school for a while. And I even found like, if we're looking back on it, my senior year of high school too, I found that my school year was easier before we left um, and were sent home. I didn't really study as much for exams and um, quizzes just because it was a lot easier. The classes were easier and my teachers were uh, more flexible because we were all seniors. Um, But if I had to give study tips right now, I would say to plan ahead of time uh plan ahead and organize at least i would say two weeks before your exam i know for me depending on how difficult the material is and if i'm not understanding it i do try to start studying two weeks before it doesn't have to be any hardcore studying depending on your class or depending on you as a student Um, i don't try to study very much like in terms of hours and hours every single day, I don't do that because I don't find that I'm retaining the information like that. That just does not work for me. I know other people can do that, but it's not very beneficial to me. So I do try to devote at least, I want to say an hour every other day, I would say. Study methods, I don't really have study methods. My study methods are not really beneficial. Like I like I, you know, I'm taking notes, I'm reviewing the study guide if they provide one. I make flashcards or like I review, I make questions, but that's pretty much all I do. And my studying is not very elaborate. I find that that's what's worked for me in the past. That's that in terms of study tips. In terms of balancing school and the podcast, I would say to plan ahead on Sundays for the week. That's what I like to do. I like to devote my Sunday to kind of getting ready and getting prepared for the week. Just like looking ahead at every single day and seeing what has to get done. So we're talking about the school year, what classes you have each day, what time, what assignments, their deadlines, any exams or big projects and papers, and plan ahead accordingly to that. I like to devote school to earlier in the week if I can possibly, and then devote the rest of my week to working on the podcast if I can. That's how I like to keep things separate just because like I would rather get school out of the way and be done with it and then focus on, you know, the podcast because it's fun for me and I would rather focus on the podcast than school sometimes. So I would say to try to devote certain days to only working on school and being completely focused and just kind of maximizing your time as much as possible and getting as much done. And then your off days when you don't want to think about school, have your podcast as a distraction and do whatever needs to get done for the podcast, whether it's recording, editing, publishing, um, making content for your social media account. So hopefully that helps. I mean, that's what I've done. And I find that it's helped me this past year with online school. So I think very like you about study tips i have like for me i'm very visual so covid is killing me because i don't have like a whiteboard and the teacher like writing stuff like yes <laughs> in my t- i remember like i i take my test and then i remember like 
Well, my teacher write this thing in the corner, right corner of the whiteboard with like an, a pink pen. So I remember that mm -hmm. because I'm visual. So my study methods is also like not for everyone. For me, it's like, you know, you need to know like how are your methods, like what works for you and then learn how to study for each subject. Like the way you study for history, it can be very different from the way you study like philosophy or math or science. So like not every class requires a lot of effort or a, a lot of study and things. Sometimes once I was watching Big Brother in Brazil and then I needed to study the Second World War in for history and then my way to study it was like connect the reality show and history like what what was happening on the reality show that was happening in the world war like this one was aligned with this one but then they turned the back and go to the other team and things like that so that is a way that i learned I pick like things for my day to day and put on the subject that I'm studying. So for me, this is my way. So learn how to study for each class is my tip. And for balanced time, my biggest tip is don't commit to anything yet. You just started your podcast. Don't commit to like, I will post three times a week, every Monday, Tuesday and Thursday. Don't commit yet. Like try. Know how your school works and your work works. So then you you try like I will try to post every Monday and then oh that works or that doesn't work. So try like try an error and then you like commit to I will do podcast this time of week and like follow the tip Melina just gave like these days of the week it will be podcast so when you already know how your time works then you commit to a date so yes that is my tip and yes that's it we don't have any more questions Thank you so much, Melina, for accepting the invitation to be here. I just love talking to you and doing this advice thing. I feel like I'm talking to a long time friend. Just love this it. This was a lot of fun. I feel like we got to know each other a little bit. And like, yes. I, I've never done an advice episode like this. So I, I felt like I was talking in circles a little bit, but I was just kind of trying to relate it to my personal experience. So hopefully you guys who are listening found any of what helpful. Laura and I said helpful, or maybe you can implement it into your life, but there's, there's no need or pressure to take anything from this episode. Hopefully You're it was just like a fun, entertaining one. Yes, we're not <laughs> yeah, professionals exactly. at all. Like, I love to give advice to my friends. So I, when they are not coming to me for asking advice, I'm like, 
there is something I, I can do to help you. I love to give in that advice. <laughs> and I'm an expert to give advice, but not following them. But I, I think my advices are pretty great. <laughs> I'm also that friend. I'm that friend that like, my friends come to me when they're like, if they need help with something or they're struggling with something. And it's so funny because I'm the friend they come to for quote unquote advice but i don't really have as much experience with like the things that they're talking about or the situations that they're in and i'm just kind of trying to like take it from my perspective like what i would do in the situation yes and, but other than that i'm just like they come to me and i listen to whatever it is they're going through so <laughs> yes i just love it for me it's the same just to wrap up here do you have anything you want to say before we finish the episode thank you again laura for letting me come on the podcast <laughs> yes you guys should definitely go uh check out my podcast life's an adventure i publish episodes every friday so you can also follow me on instagram at life's an adventure dot pod i'm going to I'm going to be publishing more content this summer, which I'm really excited about. So you guys should definitely go check it out. Yes, I will put all of her links in the podcast description. If you want to check her out, I just love talking to you. And I hope we can do this or another kind of episode on another time. I just love talking to you and for the followers. Once again, thank you for being here. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Make sure to come back next week for another brand new episode. I'm your host, Laura, and this is Mental Unstable. Bye!